You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Welcome back to episode two of our Star Wars special. I am joined by a very special guest who has been on this program before. You'll remember him as the broccoli guy, Ben Yeah, Charles. the broccoli. I remember that. Yes. Ben, welcome back. Thank you very much. When you said, Mike, episode two, when you told me, okay, mm-hmm. Ben, we're going to do episode two, I thought you meant Star Wars episode, episode two. two. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. The worst Star Wars movie of all time. Do you think it's worse than Phantom Menace? I do. Now, Andrew, uh, who also recorded as part of our first episode for the Star Wars um, special, he makes the claim that the Phantom Menace is worse because um, Jar Jar Binks is in it more mm-hmm. often. Um, but I still – I mean, I do, I do agree with that, but I just find Attack of the Clones is so slow. And even the end battle, which is still decent, it's not as good as the end fight in Phantom Menace. Like that, that dual lightsaber yeah, battle that's cool. is actually incredible. Yeah, it's Whereas, one of the best sequences in the whole franchise. I agree with that. And what does Attack of the Clones have? Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, and well, I guess I wasn't a kid. I was probably an early adult and watched episode two, Attack of the Clones. I remember thinking the last 45 minutes were, wow, so cool. And then I watched a few clips of it. I don't know, a month ago or something like that, and thought, wow, this is awful. Yeah. It's just so plastic. <laughs> so it's terrible. so CGI. It's just so uh, fake. There's not a single scene or a single snippet or a single actor who seems that they're in a real place. And even like the, the lightsaber battles, the whole thing just seems so false. And at least, like you said, episode one has that incredible sequence towards the end, which is really because at the, the end of the film, it probably made people at the time feel, wow, this is a good movie. Yeah. And Duel of the Fates is a piece of music that they yeah. introduced that is also incredible. I agree with like, that. Like that movie has that to elevate it in a way. And I remember seeing that in theaters and being blown away by that moment. Yeah. That entire battle between the three of them I thought was incredible. And, yeah. I, and I still think it holds up. Totally. I agree. I think it's a, it's a great – I mean – that sequence is alive for any Star Wars fan, no matter which film is their favorite. Yeah, agreed. So Darth Maul, the double-edged lightsaber, that part of the mythology can't be forgotten. Whereas Attack of the Clones, I'm like, yeah, I guess there was a Clone War. Yeah. But I'd rather go back to what I knew about the Clone Wars from Episode Four, A New yeah, Hope. I'd rather agreed. go back to Obi-Wan Kenobi, so Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, yeah, I fought in the Clone Wars with your father. Cool. It's all I need to That's know. All, you don't need any. I don't need to know who the clones That's are. That's cool. That's yeah. a cool idea yeah. of like I fought in the Clone War. What? Yeah, <laughs> like, let us great. fill in the space, exactly. right? Imagination. So my wife and I are going watching through Ghostbusters, you know, like 20 minutes at the time. Yeah. And it's I don't think I don't enjoy it that much. I don't find it that funny. I don't find it that compelling. Bill Murray's fun to watch, mm-hmm. I guess, but mm-hmm. and you know, I guess this is where your hate mail is going to come in that I'm taking a dump on Ghostbusters, but um, I loved it as a kid. Man, I grew up with Ghostbusters. I had all the toys. Yeah, and the too. reason why, I think, was not because I liked the movie. I don't even know if I watched the movie. I liked the I liked the idea of, you know, Ghostbusters, but also the car with yeah. all of these things at the top. Yeah. And here's where I'm getting at. 
they didn't explain any of it. No. They didn't explain how these packs worked no, where the they could shoot packs. ghosts. No. They didn't explain. They just showed up with them in one yeah. scene. They don't show you them building them. No. And they don't show you what's on top of the car. They just hint that there's cool ghost destroying stuff on yes. top of this car. And your and imagination takes off. Fills it in. Yeah. And yeah. that's what was great. That's what was great about Obi-Wan Kenobi in, yeah. in A New Hope, which we now call A New Hope, and the original Star Wars. He has this whole star- story. We'll fill it in for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what made it successful in so many ways. And then all of this filling in the gaps, like yeah. Solo, it just reeks of not just desperation, but you're kind of you're ruining my imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to Solo, um, but I <laughs> think yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. And the other thing about I think I really liked about the the Ghostbusters movies was how tangible it was. It the proton packs and the car, it's so real. You could see yourself grabbing it. Yeah. And I think the prequels missed that other than the lightsabers, which they're actually holding. Everything's so CGI. Like, you can't climb into one of those Naboo cruisers and think that it's a thing. You can't feel it in the same way that you did in the original Star Wars. You're like, that could be a real thing. It it looks rustic and it looks real. And it was real. They built it for the set. You can tell the difference between that and the CGI mess, which those movies are. But it's funny because there are really successful CGI films today. I mean, think of any actor in a Marvel movie. All they're doing is acting with like a piece of styrofoam in front of a green screen. And yet maybe it's because they become good at it over time maybe it's the good director maybe it's just good cgi artists and it's also the it's the i think it's the mix because marvel movies still to this date there has not been a marvel movie that's entirely cgi they build sets even the final battle scene on titan which is a planet that doesn't exist in the infinity war they built the rocks they built the sand so when you're walking in the sand it's real yes the background is cgi but they build enough on top of it that you i think you get some mm. of that grasping it's like the C- captain america civil war the almost the entire fight scene at the airport is cgi except the ground they're on and the vehicles in and around like they they put right. place important things but i don't think the prequels ever did that so there's enough reality to grasp onto yeah whereas i think like you've seen it in the hobbit movies and in the prequels where you'll see an actor acting with a bunch of sticks in a green screen and there's nothing else there there's this really awful video of uh ian mckellen um struggling with the second or third hobbit movie because he's sitting at a table acting with tennis balls and it's all (laughs) cgi the table's green and he's just there acting, and he even stops at one point. And is like, I can't. I just, I explain to me what's going on. And it's like, here's this amazing Shakespearean actor, well trained, like one of the best actors of our time, and he's just struggling mm. so hard through that. And it, I mean, it's a testament to when it, when the actors are good. Like, I still think um, Ewan McGregor was did a fantastic job playing a young sure. Obi Wan Kenobi, but he had to do it through a lot of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's one of the main reasons why the prequels suck. I mean, there's also, you know, sand. Sand sucks, too. Sand is so <laughs> coarse, coarse, it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. You know, there's that problem. Did you see, so the Honest trailer for, I think, it, I actually think it was Finding Dory. They did a shot-for-shot comparison of Dory as a young fish and talking about sand with with like, like i love sand it's squishy sand it's coarse it gets everywhere sand is and they go back and forth yeah, for yeah. that entire scene and again it just shows the like what was the point of that scene what is the point of that like it, it's george lucas is trying so hard to to make us believe these two characters would fall in love but anakin just comes off as a, a, a whiny 
sort of kind of gothic, like really like, oh, what was me? Everything sucks, but mm-hmm. has done nothing and doesn't improve anything and just believes he should be given everything, which is just such a weird choice for the person we're supposed to follow and then be like, he turns evil? No. Like, yeah. it just didn't make any sense. Do you know me. what made Star Wars, the original three films, so compelling, I think at the time, was that there was no mythology yet. Yeah. They were filling in a vacuum, a total yeah. vacuum in this other galaxy a long, long time ago. They had complete freedom to yeah. fill it in. Yeah. And now th- there's a legend that they have to mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. And so that's also the thing that makes it good. That's what, make, that's what makes us go back. We want to see what they're doing with this story, yes. this yep. continuing mythology. Yeah. There's thousands of years of history in the Star Wars universe filled in with video games and films and TV shows and all this stuff. But at the beginning, they had nothing. Yeah. So that meant they could go anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's actually similar with Star Trek, the original series. Yes. Every episode of Star Trek can go anywhere yeah. in that original yeah. series. There's no there's no Bible for the show except for what Gene Roddenberry wrote, which yeah. said, you know, make that in the future there is no racism yeah. on in the Federation. Yeah. We might visit planets where sure. there are yeah. is, and but they did visit. Hu- yeah. But what it but meant humanity. was is that a writer for Star Trek was not a Star Trek writer. They were a science fiction writer. Mm-hmm. The creators of The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, not George Lucas, were fantasy writers. They were not Star Wars writers. They were building this as they saw fit. And that gave a certain license, but it also created this sort of childlike innocence that we're just going to have fun with this and see what Luke and Han and Leia do. Now there's this, and I'm not trying to take a dump on any of the new Star Wars movies, but it creates the challenge they have, which they're not just going to create a new universe. They have to abide by these rules. That's what makes them enjoyable for yeah. us because we know what the rules are. Yep. But it also is what makes them kind of stale sometimes. But I don't think – and I think when it comes to the new ones, this is where I, I agree with you. And I think the mistake was they went back. Had If we lived in a universe where they only went forward, they made those three Star Wars movies. It ended in happiness. But then George Lucas decided 10 years later, hey – uh, there's a new uprising and another empire strikes again. Like there's a new thing. We wouldn't be going backwards. You're creating a mythology forwards. And I don't think there's a mistake that can be made when you're creating it going forward because you don't have to You don't have to worry about what came before because it's now the past. Are you saying the whole principle of the prequels was bad? Yeah. I'm saying the principle of going back and giving us prequels to, to fill in those blanks is worse than it would have been if the next three movies were mm. – Darth Vader's gone. We're not going to learn anything more about him. The Emperor might be gone, might not. Maybe there's some things around there, but new menaces and new things come, and maybe it's not even Luke anymore. And maybe you still introduce children of people eventually, but you move the story forward as opposed to going backwards. See, maybe you're right. I would just say that my issue with the prequels is not that they were made. It's that how they were made. I think that they could have been done in a really cool way. For sure. I mean, just imagine... Finding Anakin Skywalker, not when he was eight, but when he was 16, yep. and like a pirate or yep. something. Yep. Or who, you know, anything. Yep. Anything just, and I don't mean to just say this cool word, cool, in a glib way. I mean to say like neat, interesting, something well, and that's exciting. Exciting, and, 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 but, but ask, pushes against our makes expectations. Makes more questions as opposed to right. answer. Don't just, don't answer questions. Answer questions and create more right. questions. Like be- that's the idea of it. If we had met Anakin at 16, we'd be like, what the heck happened to him before? How did he become a pirate? But we don't find out. And then, we just move it forward. And that makes yeah. the mystery of where did this kid come from? Right. And, and he what, really yeah. is too old at that point yes. to become a Jedi. Yes. It really is a problem instead yeah. of like, okay, he's too old to become, yeah. go to hell. Yeah. But, um, 
I think also what I really enjoy about Star Wars now in 2019 is similar to what I enjoy about Lord of the Rings and that whole mythology is that it is a mythology mm. and I can go into an encyclopedia yeah, yeah. and read like an entry <laughs> and someone has gone through and said every year of the last 4,000 years of the third age of the Lord of the Rings universe, it's insane that people of Middle Earth, that people have done this and they do it for Star Wars as well. And I really enjoy that, yeah. creating these huge mythical landscapes. And that makes them exciting, but it also presents a challenge for a two and a half hour feature film. Definitely does. Because then, yeah. well, what am, what story am I telling, and why is it compelling, and why is it important to take out of this mythology and share on the big screen? Mm -hmm. And how do we make it real yeah. and not just some fantasy? You know, how does it relate to now? Yeah. yeah. So I guess that that's a good segue actually into the current films, because what I wanted to focus on with you is I wanted to, to talk about the Force Awakens. Um, the Last Jedi and leading us into um, the rise of Skywalker. Um, full spoilers, like we've already warned people, this is a full spoiler type of thing. You yeah, can talk good. about it completely. But I also want to start talking about where we think this story is going to go and and sort of expectations, because that's one of the things that we talk about on this show a lot is people's expectations can sometimes hurt a film, which is sometimes the fault of the filmmaker, depending upon how you build things up, and sometimes is our own expectations of what we want to see and filling in our own story. Um, but I want to I just start with the two, two newest films of this current trilogy and get your initial thoughts on, on what you think about each of them and where this story is going so far. Yeah, um, The Force Awakens for me was a really fun ride, and I left the theater the first time saying, cool yeah it was fun yeah, yeah and i enjoyed it and they got the spirit for me of what star wars can be um my are, are you a it, person who like sees things multiple times in the theater like did you go multiple i probably times? only went once oh, i probably okay. if i'm i'll go see something twice if i i think i saw the last jedi maybe twice in the okay. theater but that's because like i had someone else to go with sure and I yeah said, you sure, had i'll go people. again yeah but i would never deliberately go gotcha. for a second time because i want to see it again right i'd rather wait until it comes out on video yeah, sure. or whatever yeah, but yeah. Um, but I'm not opposed to it. So I, I think I just saw both of those films once in the mm. theater. Maybe, maybe the, the last Jedi I saw twice. Anyways, um, I left the theater feeling really good about it, but yeah. also feeling like, yeah, but did you have to have another Death Star? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did you have to have so many moments of nostalgia? Yeah. I did feel that you don't have to do that. We get it. We It's Star Wars. You yeah. have the title sequence that it's Star Wars. You have a lot of the same characters. You don't need to keep echoing mm -hmm. what happened in the for in the original trilogy, you, j you just it's okay yeah. if you don't do that, we'll forgive you, and that's what I really appreciated about the Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson's uh, creation with it. Yeah, there are problems. You yeah. and I have talked about Lots this previously. Of problems. Yeah, there are a lot of problems with plot, but you know, I I see the film as a glass half full for sure because it surprised me. Mm -hmm. There were so many elements of the Last Jedi that threw me for a loop and went, oh my God, is she going to convert to the yeah, dark side? Yeah, I thought that stuff was was by far some of the best work I've seen in all Star Wars movies is Kylo Ren and Rey's yes. connection. Yeah. Con all of their conversations were well-written, very interesting. I felt tense. I felt tension. And their throne fight scene and what's going to happen and are they yeah. teaming up and to what side, yeah. I, was, I, was com I completely agree with you. I think that was a fantastic and well-done scene. And there was at least one moment, maybe two, in The Last Jedi where I thought – this might go poorly yeah. for her and for and for us, yeah. for the audience, for the for the good side. Yes. Um, because maybe she's just not gonna convert 
you know, she's I'm going to join the dark side. But by making the choices that she's making, it'll be too late. She'll mm-hmm. be too far gone. Yeah, and yeah, and that's what the mythology promises us. Mm-hmm. In the original trilogy, I never doubted for a second that Luke was going to stay good. Nope. Never. Nope. It didn't matter that he made mistakes. Um, it didn't matter that he was going to give in to anger or that he was going to go rescue his friends against the advice of Yoda and Obi-Wan in The Empire Strikes Back. It strikes Back. I knew still that he was going to stay good and that Darth Vader in the third film might return to the good side. There was no doubt in my mind, well, but there was the, a lot again, of doubt in The Last Jedi. That's the hero's journey, right? The redemption. Right. A hero is going to have redemption. Right. So I understand like that standpoint is even in what I'm thinking, you know, could happen in this next film. The idea of redemption is is part of the hero's journey. Yeah. But they did such a good job in the second film of making you believe it was plausible right. she would go too far. Which is not just the writing of those scenes. That's no. the whole package yeah, of the film. Everything. So think of the show twenty four. You remember the show yes, twenty four yes, with Kiefer yeah, Sutherland? Yeah. For me that show is a great example of everyone else can be bad. They might become a spy, or they might have been mm-hmm. the bad guy all along. Mm-hmm. But Kiefer Sutherland is always your guy. Yeah. He will never be the bad guy. He's right. the only anchor you have. Yeah. And it would just not make sense if the show made him into no, a villain. No, just not at all. Wouldn't no. make sense. That was the original trilogy. Wouldn't make sense to be for Luke to be the villain. No. But the way that Ryan Johnson wrote and showed The Last Jedi from the very beginning, it was, a, it was very clear that seemingly impossible things from The Force Awakens can now be possible yes. in this film. Yeah. Force powers that Leia now has. Yep. I don't care. Yeah, you cry. Like, there's a lot of people who cry that she has new force powers. Yeah, you gave Ryan Johnson the reins to make a new Star Wars movie. He's going to make up things in the movie. Yeah. It's too bad. I, I had no problem with that because, I again, I think he made it make sense. In a, in a yeah. time of distress for a character, something that is within awakens. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the entire theme of this new trilogy anyway. So I actually think that was in line with what was going on where people scream it's not, it doesn't make sense. Just because she's never shown it before doesn't mean like just instinctually. People always forget that at the core – when you remove everything, we're animals, and there's an animalistic instinct that happened, and your body knows a lot more than you think. So to me, it made perfect. Even you could justify it scientifically. Why would the force power suddenly save sure. her in this moment? Of course yeah. it would. It, yeah. Suddenly, it, it's like the whole idea of X-Men. It's every once in a while, your genes just take a jump, and you and evolution jumps the next level. It just happens. So yeah. I again, I yeah, when people I were mean, complaining about that, I was like, what is wrong with I you? I mean, like, it's the force. Yeah. And in, in um, The Empire Strikes Back, it, the whole movie is learning about what the Force can yes. do and what the Force can be. Yeah. In uh, in the original Star Wars, there's just a hint of what this Force is. It can help yeah. you shoot a photon torpedo through the Death <laughs> yeah. Star. Yeah. It can help you convince people yeah. that you're okay and stormtroopers yeah. let you go. Even, even Yoda says – I can't remember the exact line, but he says something about the, the Force has, has a mystery to it where even those using it don't know it's – full potential and right. that's something that you learned from the beginning so that can go anywhere like you you have a jedi master saying that so yeah i, I think it's clearly within the mythology that mm-hmm. the force has an unknown element to it and can sometimes surprise you yeah there was one other thing about the last jedi that i wanted to say the boy in me was very disappointed by the ending of the film yeah but the the adult person in me <laughs> who has maybe some artistic sensibility, really appreciated that I was disappointed. Okay. Here where's, here's yeah. where I was disappointed. Explain that, yeah. Um, so when Luke essentially, uh, what, what, how do we call this? He didn't teleport himself. He, it, he was like a, it was like a projected force image, projection. Force projection, they, we can call said, it. Yeah. So he force projected himself onto the, onto the planet of Crate, and that whole sequence unfolded. 
when I realized that he was just a force projection and therefore wasn't going to kick some uh, first order ass and like destroy all yeah. of these stupid yeah. walkers and yeah. what beat up Kylo Ren, not kill him because that's probably not going to happen, no. but just open up a can of whoop ass. Right. Yeah. I really wanted to see that. The yeah. boy in me wanted yeah. Luke Skywalker to face the first order and kick some yes, ass. Yes, of course. He doesn't do it. No. Now, the adult in me is thinking, yeah, I get it because I want – because it makes sense. It's all tied together, um, and Luke needs to have that peaceful ending, and a Jedi does not resort to force. No. It's baked into the original films as well. No. But the boy in me wanted something very yes, different. Yes, of course. And yeah. that was the only thing yeah. in the movie. Of course, there was the whole why doesn't um, – what's her name tell Poe her oh, plan? I hate it. I hate yeah. that. I, yeah, I hate it too. It's but just it wasn't writing. enough to sink the film. No. It wasn't enough no. for me to sink the film. The disappointment that I had at the end would have been enough to sink the film for me personally if I wasn't smart enough to realize that it yeah. was a brilliant decision. Yes. But yeah. I just wanted Luke to like pick up one of those ATATs and smash, <laughs> smash it against it another against, yeah, yeah. and like just kick some ass. Yeah. And I, I, the boy in me still wants to see that in The Rise of Skywalker. Well, the thing is, is that the one thing they've done really well, even though it's somewhat controversial, I like their choices to make the First Order and Kylo Ren and General Hux kind of a new age villain they're a little bit more whiny they're not as menacing because <laughs> that's how it is millennial villains. No, millennial it's a millennial bully <laughs> the difference between bullies when i was a kid and bullies now the difference when i was a kid it was like bullies like the actual empire they're menacing they will physically harm you yeah that was the feeling going to school right now it's all mental it's all mental games which uh. can be just as damaging but it the I, I watched an amazing video that compared this the reason why the empire was so was so like thrilling and scary was they never yelled they never raised their voice right. once because they don't need to but but all the general hucks kylo ren they scream they yell because they're frustrated and they're angry and it's not they're unhinged they're unhinged you're just an unhinged person and i and i kind of like that because i had the same set i just want someone to get in there and just kick their butt someone just needs an old school ass whipping to just get them hmm. you know down because they they have nothing there there's nothing beyond the surface which is we can get into what I think is going to happen later, but that's to me where the interesting, thrilling end could be is what when you strip them of those things, when you actually challenge them with some force, what happens? You know, with with physical force, what's going to happen? So it, to me, it's, it's very interesting. But I had – yeah, I definitely get that sense. I liked the end of, of the movie, but I could understand from a child's sensation of wanting that. I'd, oh, I, well, as soon as Luke showed up, I just wanted him to kick Kylo's ass. Sure. Like it and, just, you know. and it was promised to us in the, yeah. in the movie, right, that uh, what do you want me to do, go ahead and face the First Order with just my lightsaber against all of them? And, uh, yeah, that's what we want you to yeah, do. And he, and he does in a certain way, in a certain sense, from yeah. a certain point of view. Yes. He does. Oh, God. Um, but uh, – <laughs> But I think that's a really interesting insight about the difference in bullying and the yeah. difference of power. Yes. And in fact, they're quite weak. There's an old stock character in Commedia dell'arte um, called El Capitano, El Capitano yeah. who is a boisterous, uh, villainous, physically powerful man. Mm -hmm. But if you just touch him a little yeah. bit, he cowers into the yeah. corner. Yeah. He's not actually. It's all show. It's all, show. It's it's show. all insecurity. And um, that's an interesting insight because the empire of the original trilogy was not all show. There's no show. It was yeah. pervasive. It was three-dimensional. Yeah. It was everywhere. And the emperor was supremely confident. If you remember the first the first scene, well, not the first scene, but the, uh, the kind of second time that you have this interaction between Leia and Vader and all the generals are there, they, they only ask her twice for the plans. Mm. And then they blow up her planet. They don't yell at her. 
they don't even really threaten her. They threaten a little bit, but it's all intimidation. It's all they just say, okay, like I remember specifically, they ask her twice. Yeah. And the second time she says no or screams in their face or spits in their like she does something and they go, okay, boom. Yeah, that's gone. They've been doing this for decades. They don't need they don't need they have, the show. What is it? Like tens of thousands of star destroyers yeah. all over the galaxy. Yeah. Like this this yeah. rebellion really is insignificant. Yeah. It truly is not going to work except by this point zero zero one percent chance, but the force, yeah. blah, Luke Skywalker, blah blah blah. And that's what's so thrilling about it, is yeah. it really does seem like a million to yeah. one odds. Whereas in this new universe of the of the current trilogy, it seems like they're more matched. The yes. First Order is rising. Which I think is done on purpose. Because I think yes. the idea of the First Order was this is a new age of people. They're not as powerful as the Empire. They're like a shadow within it. And the whole arc of Kylo of this desperation to be like something he's not, to be greater than he is, is why I think he'll ultimately fail. Is right. Because he's grasping at it. He wants it so bad. He's trying too hard. And Darth Vader was just Darth Vader. And the Empire was just the Empire. And they just they were able to get to those things and they were doing it forever and they had that confidence but i think there's this insecurity around yeah. the first order that i really appreciate because i do think it matches the way the world has changed right and there's so there's two things on that first of all i, I appreciate benicio del toro's character in the last <laughs> jedi if only because of how he says look it's all the same yeah the resistance the first order you're all making weapons yeah. and spending money yeah. to kill yeah. and be violent it's yeah. all the same and i don't i highly doubt that jj abrams is going to continue with that but if mm -hmm. ryan johnson were to take on the third film he would probably take it in a new direction and really say yeah the jedi has to be done the sith has to be done we have to create a whole new thing mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. but the other thing i wanted to say was is you're right in what you just said about times have changed. In 1977, the empire was old. It was yeah. it was ossified. It was yeah. crystallized, and the new had to come in mm -hmm. and overthrow it. Yeah. Now today, isn't it interesting that we're making a trilogy about how the republic mm -hmm. has been overthrown, and we need yeah. to preserve democracy and yeah, preserve yeah. what came before. Yeah. And this first order needs to be held at bay. Yeah. What does that say about our politics today? I mean, yeah. even the, the even the prequels with George Lucas was a commentary mm -hmm. on George W. Bush. Uh, post 9-11 yeah i mean the um, you're either with us or against us was yeah. a big theme of the second and third film yeah. in that trilogy and I, they can't help but be political obviously i'm not saying jj abrams and ryan johnson are being political writers by any stretch and not to the same degree that george lucas mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. in either of his trilogies but i am saying that they can't help but, but reflect the time yes. that they live in yeah and our time is it's it's conservative in a very classical sense preserve the old against this outrageous new, right? Yeah. If we're going to just name it, preserve democracy in the face of Donald Trump, preserve um, the order that we've established since the Second World War against rising populism. That fear, whether it's it's a fear or it's a hope, depending on who you are, mm. is everywhere in our society, and these films can't help but reflect it, being yeah. about the old and the new. Yeah, and I think that it's... Again, to the credit of, of all of this, I like to see that transition and change, and it does give each of the, these trilogies, what will be three different trilogies, a bit of a different feel, but some growth to it as things have changed in the way they deal with it. So as much as, yeah, you bring up why do we have to have another Death Star, I do appreciate and what elevates the films for me is we are taking a different approach to this, and it is a, a commentary on what's going on, and it is a little bit different. And those, to me, it's the same feeling coming out of each movie. There was enough good that elevated that the bad didn't 
sync it for me. Even right. though I will say I hated the side quest of the casino planet. Yeah, I just thought it was so. I don't useless. think you can, I don't think you can like that. I don't think anyone. I don't even think Ryan Johnson could have liked that. I think, <laughs> I think he, he didn't know to what do to do it. with the character. That's right. He didn't know what to do with the characters, and he needed a flashy sequence, yeah. and he also needed a way to make his commentary. Yeah. Remember, the last image of that film is the boy raising up his stick. Yeah. So you can't say that there's something. There's nothing in that sequence that is integral to the film. Mm-hmm. Because it's so integral to his vision of yeah, what he was trying to do, wants, but yeah. but I don't. It's it's without question that it's a stupid uh, side quest. Well, if this movie had just been focused on on Ren and Kylo, I I uh, Ray and Kylo, sorry, I I just think that they, I, I don't know. There's just something about the two of them and their connection that I really loved in that movie. And I love this back and forth and what's going to happen and where is this tension coming from and are they connected, are they not, are they just connected because of this – within this struggle within them. That's to me the the core of what they need to do with it and I hope going into this third movie we get that to be resolved in a, in a meaningful way because it's very interesting to do, me. Do you know what I think one of the big weaknesses of – the first and second film of this new trilogy is, is that there's no time in between them. Yeah. I really, I like the choice that you start right away in the second film, right after what just happened. It's cool. I like it. It's fine. But what made the first original trilogy so successful is there was a lot of time in between. So we knew that these characters got to know each other. When Luke and Han and Leia called each other friends in The Empire Strikes Back, I believed it. Because there were hundreds of adventures they must have gone on that I have no knowledge of. And you, 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 again, like we were talking about, your your imagination can fill those blanks in. Right. So in the new trilogy, for... Poe and Finn and Ray to say that they're friends is absurd. Yeah. It makes no yeah. sense. We know it makes no sense. Yeah. And here's the thing. That how much time passes between the opening scene of episode seven and the final scene of episode eight? I mean, a couple days, days. I think. Yeah, it's a few days. Most days. Right? Like yeah, me, like me Finn's think still of the, hurt, right. and they're just evacuating that planet. Right. I mean, I don't think that in that couple of days, Ray goes to sleep. Maybe she no. sleeps once when yeah. she's on the island Maybe. with Luke yeah. Skywalker, yeah. but no one else is sleeping. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is, is that there's no time passing where I can fill in the gaps yeah. and say, yeah. no, I wouldn't it be cool to imagine Finn and Ray and Poe going on all these adventures and so that when they – I sound like a child saying all these adventures, but so when they come back – there's more to them, and yeah. I believe that yeah. they want to help each other rather than I've literally known you for a few hours. Yeah. Why do I care yeah. about who you are? And they actually could have introduced that fourth character. They could have introduced like the one who goes off with um, with Finn on the casino adventure. They could have already had her be part of right. this, and then when her sister dies, we could have felt something. Even though we don't know her, I don't think – filmmakers these days trust their audiences as much as they should, mm. especially with these blockbuster movies. I think in other films you still get it, but you have to trust an audience more than this. But they yeah. they really are so concerned with people missing things that they mm. want to try to show you every bit of everything so there's no unanswered questions. You've seen everything, which I think is too much. I think you have to let us have some mystery and not quite understand and, and fill in the blanks ourselves. But and I, we'll I don't, care yeah. more. Like, I agree. Like, you know, we will put more of ourselves into it if you do that. Yeah. I remember the ba- the end of the Battle of Hoth in episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, and, you know, the Empire is blowing up ships full of people. Yeah, yeah. I care because yeah. I know that Luke and Han and Leia care about those yes. people. Yeah. I care about the rebellion because I know that time has passed and they've come together. Yeah. I don't care in The Last Jedi when they blow up the ships going off to Crate. 
Yeah. Except for the one chip that yeah. has the people I know. Yeah. I don't care about the other chips. Blow them all up. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The only real significance it has is they're less likely to defeat the first order. Yeah. But that's yeah. a mathematical transaction. Yeah. It's not emotional. No. No, and I agree, and I think that it, they just they're they're missing that. Filmmakers often, I feel, do this where they have a big trilogy, they have this this sort of IP that they're working with, and they they think they know what people want, and they try to deliver that, but they miss, I think, on a lot of really important things. Yeah, don't give me what I want. Give me what you want. Yeah, I'll come over. Yeah, exactly. You're the artist. Yeah, you're yeah, the yeah, one yeah. with two hundred billion dollars to make or two hundred yeah. million dollars to make a movie. You you'd make the decisions. Yeah. I will come visit. Yeah. Don't don't make your your decisions based on my dumb like like God, think of everything I've said in the last thirty two minutes. It's stupid. Like I don't I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a filmmaker. Don't make your decisions based on what no. I have to say. But that's the thing is that a film is not for the filmmaker. Film is film is for the, the artist to create their vision. And to put it out there. Film is supposed to be something that's universal where you may like one thing. Right. I may like another. And that's okay. But people are so concerned about losing money now that it's all about finances driving content instead of content well, driving finance. Well, that's the, that's art becoming a consumer good yeah. Yeah. as opposed to being a form of expression. Because yeah. yeah. the first Star Wars movie was an, an artist making making the thing he wanted to make. Yeah. And it's flawed. Oh, absolutely. And that's okay. Most art is. Right. I mean, but some of the best art has flaws. In fact, that's what makes it good is that it is flawed. Mm -hmm. I, and I know that sounds like a like a stupid statement. but I, I completely but agree with but that. But sometimes it's the cracks and fissures in a piece of art that brings it closer to home. And sometimes it's the, the flaw of something. Yeah. That, like Kafka, for example, Franz Kafka. Yeah who barely finished anything he wrote. Yeah, yeah. And yet we read him thinking of him as a genius of 20, 20th century writing. And I like to read him, but I also sometimes read him going, did this guy actually know what he was doing? Because yeah. I'm not really sure. And yet still, it is the flaws yeah. that make me think more deeply than if I read a perfectly crafted novel. Someone once said to me that it's the variations in art that we look for, even if the variations are flawed. Like you can have someone sing. They said this as an example. You can have someone sing one note perfectly and hit that note but eventually it's just going to sound like noise to you you're looking for variations mm -hmm. and you would enjoy a piece of music more that is has variety in it with some flaws in there then here's my perfect note that i'm hitting and i'm not going off of that yeah. and i think to me that's when you get to nostalgia here's this thing you love and we're not going away from it because you love it and we know you love it and you'll pay and we'll make billions of dollars and that's all we need um, Disney is the only corporation that's in a position to lose money. They can lose money and it means nothing. So mm. they can take the risks back again, which I, what I was hoping would happen from all these launches of platforms and Disney Plus and, and all these movies is, yes, you, you make your big blockbuster movie so your filmmakers can make money and go off and do something cool with it. It's what I was hoping was happening with the Mandalorian TV show for Star Wars is here's an artist who has a cool idea. It's going to be a little more low budget and they're really going to focus on it. And it's been okay. It's been decent. It's an interesting show. You're going to see where it goes. But again – you're ju they're just so concerned with money when for for a company that doesn't necessarily. Well, need to be. I think you don't buy Star Wars from George Lucas and not intend to make a bucket load of oh, money. Oh, of course. Um, but it's it's really tricky because yeah, you and I want the art, but these are billion dollar franchises yeah. Yeah. and these are just transactions. Now, I really respect 
respect. I respect what Disney has been trying to do over the last 20 years. I've heard Bob Iger, the president of Disney, say many times, we're in the business of story. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I'm buying up all of these companies, I'm not buying the companies, I'm not buying the people, I'm not buying the offices, I'm not buying yeah. anything but the story. I'm not even buying the IP. Yeah. I'm buying the good story and the good storytellers. Yeah. And they have vacuumed all of this stuff up. And they trust artists to tell those stories yeah. because I think they understand that story is key. Now, that doesn't mean that they're making perfect films out no, of it. I no. still think that they want to have billions of people come to see their yes, movies, of yes. course. But they have at least recognized the the primacy of story in their business. Yeah. And I think they have at least proven that once with Marvel. They've they've been a lot of issues. There's lots of movies that have flaws within there. The, all the movies have flaws, but they've got a singular vision from Kevin Feige as an overrising producer, and he trusts filmmakers. He says, Ryan Coogler, you did a great job with Creed, and I love Fruitville Station. I'm going to give you Black Panther, and I'm going to let you – Here's the, there's some guidelines, but I'm going to let you make your movie, and I'm going to give Taika Waititi Thor Ragnarok. Oh, you want to make it a comedy and it's ridiculous? Fine. Here are the things you need to hit upon, but go ahead and make your movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what Star Wars tr started to do with Ryan Johnson, and everyone freaked out, and I'm hoping they'll still do – I'm hoping yeah, they'll, but they'll have someone in charge of it to say, here's the story, you got to connect it, but here's my filmmakers that I'm going to trust, go make your movie. I mean, do you think that they've changed anything in this upcoming movie because of what yes. happened with The Last Jedi? Yes, because That's they fired the director. That's such a shame. So it was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow. After they fired, they fired yeah. the director so, after? So what happened was, is once this movie came out, people started to freak out, and Colin Trevorrow, who also did a, uh, a movie that didn't do as well the last Jurassic Park movie mm -hmm. that also had happened to come out so Disney fired him and brought J.J. Abrams back to do this after so, the last Jedi. after the last Jedi right. so there was no this is the the two mistakes they made mistake number one is there there was no plan from the beginning in this franchise there was we're going to do three movies to wrap up this trilogy. was no plan in the original trilogy either no, no matter what no. George Lucas says no but George Lucas was there the whole time he had a different director yeah, but okay. he was there the whole yeah. time they had no equivalent this time around Kathleen Kennedy would be closest but she didn't have a vision for this so J.J. Abrams came in wrote his first movie and said there you go there's no plan. I don't know. He, he even he's admitted this. I don't know what's in these mystery boxes. He's a big fan of mystery boxes. That's like his concept. I you got to go now. Ryan Johnson go open them. And Ryan Johnson went. Well, I'm going to make my movie. I'm going to make the movie I want to make. So that's why there's this sort of difference yeah. between and why the two. C3PO doesn't have a red arm. Yeah, which and is couldn't you just have given him a red arm to for consistency? Sure. Consistency. Like, I mean, come yeah. on. But now yeah. it's just like no, no more red arm. Um, and then now this third movie is going to feel much more like the first one, and they have to wrap it. So they're wrapping it up in the wrong order. They should have had a story through line with one person saying, "Okay, here's JJ, here's Colin Trevorrow, here's uh, Ryan Johnson." You're making your movies. Here's the through line. I'm the Kevin Feige or whatever equivalent. I'm going to say this is the run. I'm going to be with you the whole time. And I'm going to be keeping you on track but letting you make your film. Let's have the first one be an action-adventure J.J. Abrams movie. The second one being a think piece with lots of character-driven. And then the third one probably would have been more action-packed because Colin Trevorrow was kind of a big action stuff. But that's fine. So long as you have someone there to consistently bring right. a little bit more vision to it. Th this trilogy had no plan. And that's what I think is its weakest point. I don't know where they're going from here because they didn't know. They have no idea where they're going with this. And that's the fear I have for the final movie is they could land it. They could stick it. They could stick the landing and be, be great. But if it doesn't happen, it I think it will be because they – it's not like J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson had one – I don't think they had one conversation. 
once about this. I think wow. they made their two movies, and that was it. Hmm. Yeah, that is troubling then, because think of the things you can do seeing this as what would it be like a, an eight hour arc? Yeah, exactly. Eight hours yeah. of screen time. Yeah. Man, that's a story that you can tell. That's a yeah. mini series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a series of game of Thrones. Eight to hours. me, that's that, that would have been the smartest thing to do. And that's what I would have hoped they will now learn from it. Moving forward is let's have a Kevin Feige equivalent in charge of the bigger universe when we want to do, and only if they want to do sagas, I'm fine with one-off things here and there. It doesn't all have to be part of a saga, but if they're going to do that, you have to plan things out. Are you fatigued by Star Wars now? Um, I wouldn't say I'm fatigued. I want a break, but not necessarily for fatigue, because I want, I want the feeling I had back when I first went to The Force Awakens. I... I think it's been unmatched in my filming experience aside from Avengers Endgame where I've been so excited, butterflies in my stomach, just so pumped up. And again, you know, you know, you've been to my movie nights. I make it a big spectacle anyway. I have never felt that way going to a movie than I have in The Force Awakens and probably Avengers Endgame are the only two. And you felt that way getting into the theater. Getting into the theater well, before yeah, but... it even started. Right. But I didn't have that with, with Last Jedi because I knew it was it was going to be the second of what will be three. I want you them to take a five to ten year break and then give me a new thing. So when I'm a completely different age, I can now go into this again and have a completely different feeling. Because I think the gaps between them need to be a little bit bigger. But I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not fatigued by the extra stuff. I don't mind the Rogue Ones, the Mandalorians, and throw me extra things in the universe, sure. But have them be one-offs. Don't give me another saga or trilogy or thing to really focus on for, for a while. Yeah, that's fair. I think I would agree with that. I mean... Yeah, I like having this universe there that we can turn to and make stories in sure. and that people can make their own stories and imagine that little boy wait, wait, uh, raising the broomstick at the end of The Last Jedi. Yeah, that could be anybody could be, on yeah, Earth yeah. thinking of themselves in this universe, Great. and that's cool. Yeah. And But I am a bit fatigued. Like, I just... I, I just I think you're you in the do? majority though like I think a lot of people agree with you yeah like oh another stormtrooper like yes the force awakens was exciting cool you're gonna reskin this and you're gonna do what the sequels or what the prequels promised to do you're gonna give us a new story featuring this the force and featuring these old ideas and this old mythology that's cool but you've done it three times now in the course of what 40 years yeah 40 40, years, four yeah. decades yeah it's i'm tired yeah yeah and i i just what more can you do like yeah. and i but i'm not a hardcore star wars fan like yeah. i don't i don't play the star wars video games i haven't watched no, these movies a hundred no. times i don't i'm not that invested i haven't been invested in the expanded universe aside from like the, yeah. these movies and then now that disney owns them and the canons reduced they eliminated a lot of things mm -hmm. I'm more interested in being like, okay, I'll try the TV show. I'll try this and that, the new stuff that's coming out. But I, I would say I'm closer to what you are than a major – I'm not involved in this world in the same way that I am with Marvel and Star Trek because there's so yeah, much Yeah, like more. I'd never go to a convention. No. Let's put it that way. No. no. But I will host a marathon yeah. at my house. Yeah, that, which is cool. That's what you're doing. Yeah, we're, we're doing – we're watching every – Star Wars movie that relates to the Skywalker saga, including War Rogue One, because but not it including in. Solo. No, because it. What does Solo have to do with anything right. really? Um, and uh, yeah, we're watching all of them in order, leading right. up to seeing. There's only the one great. time you can ever do this, yep. and it's this time because it, this, it's done. This, the what would you, what's it? What is it called? We have nine films. What's well, they call it? That? They just call it the Skywalker saga. That's I know what they call but what, it. But you know, there's a trilogy. There's a quadrilogy. There must be a word for it. I'm sure there is. A but... Not a sesquilogy. That would be seven. But anyways, 
uh, this is the only time you can do this to complete the Skywalker yes. saga. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that uh, Ray is a Skywalker clone or something? No, no. I, I, I personally think that the rise of Skywalker is 100% connected to Kylo Ren. I think it's the hero's journey. I think he is going to have a conversion moment. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I could see Rey dying. I could see her, something happening with her. But I think this this journey is, in the end, going to be about Kylo Ren. And it, his either redemption or mom, or maybe maybe he, there's just not a redemption and she has to kill him. I, I actually think Rey's nobody. I think that that's the one thing they will keep because I don't think they're I hope that so, dumb I like to backtrack. Yeah. I think she's going to be a no one, and I think that's a clearer message. And the rise of Skywalker is 100% connected to Kylo Ren. I like that messaging in The Last Jedi that she's an, a nobody, but a nobody can be, can be, can be something. anyone. Yes. I mean, yeah. that to me is a much more powerful message than you got to have the blood. And I think that aligns a little bit more – with the overall story, it's been about the Skywalkers, and I think the Skywalker yeah. saga coming to an end is Leia and Kylo Ren, and having this resolution of this of the Skywalker family. Yeah. And I don't think that Rey is part of that. I do think she's going to be used as the tool and the catalyst in some ways. I just don't know where they're going with it. But I, I would be 100% satisfied if she's nobody, and this is his redemption arc, and there's still going to be this conflict between the two of them at the end. Like, they are going to battle it yeah. out. At can, the end of this movie. Can he be redeemed? I mean, he could be, but he'd have to do something big. Do you know what I think? That Kylo Ren is less redeemable than Darth Vader. Oh, I oh I agree with that. I agree with that. But isn't that interesting? Kylo Ren has only had, what, a few years of mm -hmm. being a bad guy? But he's, I don't know. He he killed Han Solo. He, right. He uh, pretty much was ready to kill Leia. He well, but he but didn't, he, though. No, he didn't. Like, he didn't. Like, but he was close. Give it credit for that. But yeah. but the fact that we saw him kill his father mm -hmm. and we watched it makes him far less a redeemable character yes, than Darth Vader, but, who was, for decades, the biggest yeah. villain in the universe. But Darth Vader was only matched with that darkness moment really twice, because he saves his son in the end, but he thinks his the love of his life is going to die, and the only way to save her is to do what the Emperor says, right? So that's what Darth Vader's... That's his motivation. Yeah, okay. I, I have problems. Okay, but go ahead. But yes, yeah. Kylo Ren, in this last movie, was faced with the choice. He kills Snoke, he battles out, he could easily stop the attack and go with Rey. He chooses not to, because he wholeheartedly believes... That he is correct. And I think that's yeah. the difference between him and Darth Vader. I think Darth Vader was very much a puppet and was very much a like, I've been manipulated in a way into feeling this, into going this direction. But I think I think Kylo Ren has made a clear choice. And that's why I think he's less I But I think that Darth Vader is that, but he's also the opposite. He's a multidimensional character. And here's what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, when Darth Vader says to his son, let's rule the galaxy together, mm -hmm. he's not saying... Oh, let's be the good guys together. Mm -hmm. Let's bring peace and prosperity. No, let's rule the galaxy together mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. father and son. It's it's a moment of evil. Yep. He is, has evil intention independent of mm -hmm. the Emperor. But the son is the key. When the Emperor wants to kill Luke, what does he do? Right. Saves he him. saves him. Kylo son. Ren yes. would have killed Rey. Totally. Cause the minute Ray said no, Kylo Ren was like, well, then fine. We're not friends anymore. Right. That, to me, is the biggest difference. But I don't think Kylo—I think— I think Darth Vader, yes, was. It's all about 
I want to rule the galaxy with you, and it's under my rule. But he wants his son more than anything. So in the end, he still makes a choice. Right. Fine. Okay. He doesn't want to rule the universe. He's not going to turn evil. The emperor's going to kill him. I'm going to kill the emperor. Yeah. Regardless of what he th- – he makes the choice to save the good person. I don't think Kylo Ren's going to make that choice. I don't think he can. I think that Darth Vader would have saved his son whether it was a good or a bad choice. I think Darth Vader would have saved his son whether he was a Sith or mm-hmm. a Jedi. Do you think that Kylo Ren has that capability? Because from what I've seen of his character, I, I, you're either with him or against him. I think, is the mentality No, that he I think has. that I think that he's further gone. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He's yeah. less redeemable. I agree with that. Yeah. If only because we watched him kill his own father. Yeah. We never saw Darth Vader do anything like that. Yeah, Killed in the younglings. prequels, whatever. <laughs> what, a, what a dumb, dumb decision. Then, let, then show us. Yeah. Okay, you don't have to show us him killing kids, but you can show us having a fight with a teenager or something. No, he just walks in, kills everybody, walks out. We don't see anything in between. And also, the whole Padme business, that's why he joins the dark side, is such garbage. No, it is, but it's what they presented as the reason. It's garbage. But 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 the Darth Vader of the original trilogy is not motivated by that. That is not his past. You you just know that he's a deeper, more nuanced character but than did, some guy again, who they didn't I want to save my yeah. wife but that's that's the, pro, the to me that they, they changed Darth Vader for me because that's not what they presented to us like yes I can forget the prequels exist or whatever and I can still enjoy the movie from that standpoint but they have changed the character they made that choice to make it that motivation which to me makes the ending Darth Vader cares about his family and cares about his son and cares about the woman that he loves. That's what Darth Vader cares about. I don't think Kylo Ren cares about anybody except his legacy in yeah. being like Darth Vader. I think that overwhelms anything. I think he cares about Rey. You think so? Yeah, I think he has to. Beyond beyond converting her to the dark side? Because that, yeah. that will be – because the, yeah. the true thing yes. if he cares about Rey is – in the end, he doesn't care if she's part of the dark side or not, but he saves her. Yeah. That, to me, would show Be- Because it. that was possible in yeah. The Last Jedi. Yes, I think sure. that that his character could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think Ray. it wasn't about uh, defeating Snoke and becoming the new master. It was about saving Ray. Mm, and what he would do from that point is is up for a question. And that's why sure. I, I think that's where we're going to get an answer. We're going to get right. an answer in this next movie. What happens next and where does Mm -hmm. it go from here? So before we wrap up, I have three questions I'm going to throw at you. Okay. So what these are are the three things they've announced are happening in Star Wars next. And I want to get your opinion. You mean in the universe? In the universe. Okay. What what films and movies or TV shows or what's going to happen next? There are three things that are still confirmed that haven't been canceled. And you're going to tell us what you think of them. Okay. Okay. Number one. Ryan Johnson is getting his own trilogy that is separate from the current trilogy and will eventually be – it will be the next episodic – there will be at new episodes that are created for Star Wars that will have nothing to do with, with the Skywalker. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, I guess I would probably think about seeing it, but – and I like Ryan Johnson, and I think he deserves to have a project like With that. With enough time, do you think you would be okay? I'm I'm ready to do this. Like if it was enough yeah, time, I in don't the future? know. I don't, maybe maybe I, yeah. I guess in ten years. Yeah. But like, is this going to come in a couple years? Because I'm tired. I don't, they haven't. Uh, they but, haven't announced dates. But also, like, why a film trilogy? Why not have it another minute? Uh, they were giving the Game of Thrones guys. Uh, yeah, a trilogy yeah. too, but they they're out, and that's so hilarious. But, but Ryan that's Johnson hilarious. is still happening. I thought that was really funny. It's yeah, like yeah, we completely botched the ending of our TV show <laughs> in order to do Star Wars, and oh yeah, we're not doing Star Wars anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the next one is Rogue One is getting a prequel. What? 
Rogue One is getting a prequel movie. No. It's going to be centered around, uh, um, I can't remember his first name, no. but Luna. <laughs> no. With him, the actor? Yeah, the same actor. Why? Yeah. I do not know. Okay, no. So no? Pass. Pass. Why? Uh, they they think there's lots that they can do with Come him and his droid. Come up with another <laughs> goddamn story. Yeah. Uh, and then Obi- no, it's gonna ruin Rogue One. Oh, for sure. Or maybe okay, maybe I'm being uh, no, I apoplectic for no reason. No, but I agree like, with Give you. me a break. I don't see. There's it's nothing what we just talked about. Rogue One was to me good in the sense of you created these characters, but I mean, it didn't matter because you knew what was going to happen at the end. But that was kind of what was interesting to me. But it was a war story. I don't need more. It was fine. It filled in the one thing. It was interesting enough. Oh my god, just just tell the story of their ghosts. <laughs> okay, the last one. There's an Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming yeah, to Disney+. Cool. Plus. Yeah, that's cool. Ewan McGregor is returning. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's... that's. I don't... Un, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what Obi-Wan Kenobi was supposed to be getting up to in that's the between thing. Revenge uh, of the Sith and And, and that's what's going to happen. It's going to be him in the desert on his own adventures, isolated from everything. That and sounds kind of lame, me, though, doesn't it? But no, to me, it only sounds lame, but I think it's the best way you can go. Because I think you're going to get a character-driven story that shows more of him. Which I think yeah, interesting. but but it, it feels like like I like it because I like you and McGregor. Yeah. I like the tone of it that what I have in my head. But it's like a pinball that has nowhere to go but yeah, down. It's because true because either he stays in the desert and does nothing of consequence. Yeah, what's he gonna do? Battle some cave monsters? He probably Who cares. Would. <laughs> he's he's too big of a character. Yeah, he's yeah. too big in this galaxy. Yeah. He's got too much significance. Now, to would have you be him... interested if he's running from the Empire this whole time? No, because that's okay. also stupid. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's the pinball that has yeah, nowhere yeah. to go yeah. but out. Because it, he, he's either fighting dumb creatures in the yep. desert, yep. or you reintegrate him into the universe, yep. being a hero going across the galaxy. And then it's like, come on. No, that's not what he was doing. He was a hermit in the desert watching over Luke for like 18 years. Yeah. And to do anything other than that is is pissing on the original story. Yeah. And so... I'm I'm just giving my skepticism. I mean, I hope no, they do I, a good yeah, job, yeah. and I and I and you know I think there's a good chance that they will surprise me and prove me wrong. But I don't know how you thread that line yeah. between those two without yeah. either retconning the original trilogy and having him do things that he couldn't possibly yeah. have done, or having him do nothing of consequence. But at least as the as of the three things they've announced, this is the one where I go, okay, I want to see what's going on. He's a cool character, great actor. I want I'm at least intrigued enough to give it a shot. I'm concerned about the Ryan Johnson trilogy for the same reasons because I think it's going to no matter what, I think it's going to be too close. I think you need much more time to separate in order to introduce a new thing. And I'm not interested in the Rogue One prequel at all. So yeah, and if it's Star Wars but not with any of the characters that we know, why is it Star Wars? Exactly. Why I guess it be I, another no, space. I thing? guess the video game creators of like of what is it, Knights of the Old Republic yes, or something? Yeah. I've never played it or whatever, yeah. but um, I guess they've answered that question well, and yeah. people like those games yeah. and stuff. So, well, I, and I'm I fine with it being in the same universe, but they need to figure out something different to do with it, like or go to another galaxy. Then it was a galaxy far, far away. Can't you show us what the next galaxy? Well, is I doing? think the I idea of that is there is no force in our galaxy. No. So there, there are rules in this universe. Yeah. And but there are other galaxies. There's more than two galaxies. Sure, but I, I guess the point is, is if you go into another galaxy, there would Why be a force. is it Star yeah. Wars? Yeah, well, why true. is it Star yeah. Wars at all? That's why not true. just create a whole new mythology? Yeah. Well, you yeah. could do that too. Well, I'd be up for some new stories, right? You know? but, well, we create all are, and that's what I'm hoping for. But yeah. I don't think that's what Ryan no. Johnson is slated no. to create. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. That brings us to the end of our our two part uh, Star Wars uh, episode here. As we get to preview, um, it's there's a lot of unanswered questions. 
We're interested. I'm very fascinated to see what our thoughts are after this movie. We'll have a very quick quick amount of time to review and chat it to uh, as a group um, because you're off and the Christmas is around the corner and there's lots of stuff happening. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot.